0: Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving. Welcome to the knackered golfist. Uh, my name is Trent Barr, and I uh, run the knackered golfist. I do this podcast. I have a YouTube channel that's on YouTube. It's called the knackered golfist, where I sort of do videos about long lost golf clubs that people don't really use anymore, and it's more of a um, a way for folks to get a really good insight on getting good used equipment to be able to go out and play golf for fun and not have to break your wallet going out and doing so. My guest today for my podcast episode called the Knackered Golfers Podcast is a person that I find, he's a very instrumental part of golf here in sacramento california um his name is tim hovanchek and he and i have a relationship it's sort of a teacher sort of student relationship um he was my first and only golf coach i met him in 1990 at hagan oaks golf course and he started me on the journey of being passionate about golf and and i really uh I really cherish my relationship with him. He's a, he's a he's a dear friend, and he has gone through a series of of health challenges over the last few years, and he is a believer in Jesus Christ, and we sort of met again uh, at the Steve Burdick Bible study that used to happen Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. at a nearby coffee house in Rockland, California. And Steve Burdick, by the way, runs the College Golf Fellowship in the Western United States, um, and but but Tim Tim and I sort of rekindled the relationship again, and we were able to sort of um, you know just just talk our passion, talk passionate about golf and golf clubs and historical figures in golf. And Tim has had a unbelievable career. Um, he, he's done teaching. He's brought uh, the LPGA to Sacramento, California. He's taught successful golf programs at Sierra College and also at William Jessup University. He's he's retired now and he's living in Litchfield Park, Arizona. And he is a person that I really wanted to talk to. And his his uh, he wrote a book um, called "Heaven's Nice Been There Twice." It was about his near death experience that happened to him on March 9, two thousand ten. And also happened again later on, um, as you'll hear in this interview. And if you read the book, you can find the book on Amazon.com. It's written by Tim Havanczyk. Heaven's nice, been there twice. And I, uh, I I, am really looking forward to reading it. So, um, I wanted to have him on because I really wanted to um, just have him talk about what he's been through and the people that he's met and... and that sort of thing, because uh, golf is my passion and golf history, golf. You know, where did this, cl- where did the, when and where did this happen, and what, what sort of experiences that he had over the years, and uh, I just think he's he's a he's a, a really great guy, and I just and I just love him to death. So, um, anyway, without further ado, here's my little conversation I had with Tim Hovancsek, PGA Master Professional, on the Knackered Golfers Podcast.
1: Hey, good morning, Trent. How
0: you doing? Good. How are you? Can you hear um, me? Okay. Oh yeah, we're good. All right, awesome. Um, well, I, uh, I am so, um, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I, I, I wanted you to know I'm recording now. If that's okay. That's fine. Okay. Um, how you doing today? How was your Christmas? Um, uh, everything okay? How's the weather down there?
1: I've uh just really had a great Christmas uh with my extended family, cousins and uh niece, uh, missing my daughter Trinity, but uh oh, yeah. other than that, um it's going good. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'd like to share that
0: um to my audience that you are my only your my first and only golf coach and I uh I remember, I remember seeing you at Hagen Oaks and I remember, you know, having lessons from you at Hagen Oaks. And I remember one thing you said to me, you liked my choice of putter and I was using a, uh, an Acushnet bullseye putter and you thought that was a good choice. <laughs> um, and that was when, I mean, you were, you were um, I guess you were, I don't know your capacity with ping, but I just thought that was awesome that you liked my putter choice.
1: Well, I, I've been a kind of a tireless guy and a pin guy uh, pretty much uh, my whole career right uh, and uh, the the lady that really got me started in golf uh, was my aunt goldie and she's a hundred oh. years old oh my god as we speak um, um, still kicking uh, been uh in a nursing home and a little scared with COVID, but other than that, she's, she's, I saw her uh, last summer, um, and it was amazing. I hadn't seen her in probably 25, 30 years, and wow, she remembered me, and it was pretty cool. Um, but she was the woman that um, uh, really, at eight years old, I was pulling her golf cart, and she let, yeah. she let me hit a golf shot, and my uncle was a golf professional, and then after uh, my first uh, experience with my aunt, then I started working with my uncle a little bit, and then um, about 10, and yeah. uh, the rest is history. But, uh, you know, when you kind of have a dream and, you know what you want to do and be when you you're eight years old uh and the dream comes through the pretty cool to do that. And that that's been my career
0: that's awesome that's i mean that's uh that's the thing where you do what you love and you love what you do and uh that's that's such an inspiring uh way to live and and way to think about a career so I was just want, I mean, did you, I mean, you're from Cleveland, Ohio. Let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I'm fascinated by Cleveland and you know, what, what courses did you play? I mean, I, is Seattle in Cleveland or is that outside that, Columbus? That's in
1: Columbus. I grew okay. up, I grew up at Aurora country club, uh, Oh wow! and it's just Southeast of Cleveland, um, about 15, 20 miles. And a phenomenal par seventy uh, golf course. Uh, we hosted a couple Cleveland Opens uh, oh. uh, there. And like I said, I started caddying there um, at eight years old. Uh, uh, grew up as a very modest young man, kind of kind of on the other side of the tracks. The country club people were, you know, yeah. on. Uh, country club side of the tracks but um i i i enjoyed the people that i caddied for got to know them they knew i knew the game even at 10 11 12 years old i just oh, yeah. uh was fascinated with the way the ball flight you know flew you know and what makes it go so yeah. um it, it was a lot of fun and i worked you know, Saturday, uh, uh, basically Tuesday through Sunday, so I could play caddy day on Monday, and that that was my opportunity to play. Basically, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: Now, um, what kind of equipment did you use when you were playing back then? I mean, are we talking like the the mid '60s, early '70s, or are we going further back than
1: that? No, it was uh, it was like the late '60s, '70s. I actually. Um, my first set of golf club was just a little, uh, a Spalding set, because there was a Spalding plant uh, where my, my parents were divorced. My dad lived in Solon, Ohio, and my, oh. we, we lived in Aurora, about six, eight miles apart. But oh. uh, there was a Spalding uh, plant, manufacturing plant in Solon. And, um, I got a little junior set there and, um, uh, you know, basically they weren't plastic, but you know, it's just a basic little junior set with a plaid golf bag. And, uh, oh, if man. if I, if I think about it today, it was pretty goofy, but it, it was, <laughs> it was a set of clubs that I got to go play golf with. And yeah. then, uh, but my, yeah eight nine years uh eighth grade um i bought a set of uh, wilson x31s oh
0: okay and
1: you know that was really i liked those clubs you know kind of had a lot of um the new technology today of mm. a lot of weight on the bottom and and that's they had a big soul and um it's, they were easy clubs to hit okay and okay. and then um About my junior year in high school, I, uh, I was, uh, traveling, um, down to Florida with my family and I stopped at, um, and Bradsbury in Louisville, Kentucky and saw a set of, uh, scotch blades and, uh. Uh, when, oh, those are
0: the the built ones, right?
1: built Scotch blades. When I oh, right. uh, when I saw those little butter knives, I said, "Man, that that's the club." You know, I wanted to play, and I played those pretty much through high school. And I only played one year of college golf, but uh, then oh, I wow. turned pro. But uh, wow, yeah, I still have them. And this yeah. uh, this sweet spot in the center are kind of. You know, you look, uh, you look at them, and there's there's a worn spot there, so it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's the dime spot, sort of in in real life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. You you told me about those Scotch blades, and um, I was just fascinated by that sort of stuff. So then, I mean, you're you're you, so did you play? Did you play on the PGA tour? Um, after you turned pro? Uh, Well,
1: I, I I I turned pro, um. In Ohio, I played one series of uh, mini tours in Savannah, Georgia, uh, and um, about three events. The nice thing was, uh, it it was all at one uh, Savannah Inn and Country Club was at a a facility there that hosted like four weeks of uh, mini tours. Mm. And... um, I, I, I basically just about broke even, you know, if, if, okay. if I include expenses, then I lost a little bit of money. But, uh, uh, Billy Maxwell was one of the pros that I played with. He was older and Oh my
0: God. I remember that guy.
1: And, um, it, I was amazed how that guy hit the ball and it, it was insane, and I I figured you know I better get a club job somewhere, and that's kind of the route I took. And but you know I enjoy uh, coaching and teaching Trent, and that was really my forte, I think. So, well, yeah,
0: I have to say that I mean uh, just aside, you know, Billy Maxwell. I remember carrying the leaderboard for him at the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush years and years ago.
1: That guy could he, flat out play. I'll tell you, he
0: was he was he he was he had a long putter. I mean, we're. I hope we're talking about the same guy, but he he yeah. could he could really play.
1: Yeah, and then another uh, pro that when I I came out here, my my I have aunts and uncles that lived in Phoenix, so I left Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. came out here after my senior year in high school. We won our state championship in Aurora High School in 1971, and at uh, uh, at the scarlet course in columbus ohio it was pretty neat and we uh ended up i ended my brother and i came out here to phoenix and uh with my aunt and uncle and um i just was gonna get in the golf business and uh i my uncle said no you, i'm gonna take you up to phoenix college and I. we both walked on to the golf team there at phoenix college i played one year there and then Like I said, uh, school, I I was an average student, but I knew what I wanted to do, and uh, I wish they would have had the PGM program back in the day uh, because I would have been a scholar-athlete for sure if that program was available then. But um, I uh, caddied uh, in the Phoenix Open, Oh. Uh, uh for Randy Erskine he's uh, was a professional out of Michigan. Wow. And um he runs many tours now and uh all around the country. But uh I the I didn't have my loop until Thursday and uh Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday I'm uh sitting at the driving range at the feet of george Newton who was just striping it and that guy oh, was, that guy was insane about how solid he was probably one of the pure purest ball strikers back in the day so and Buck, Buck, he, before, he yeah. was he was a little bigger than me a little taller right. but but his swing uh i teach you know pretty much i non-playing golf swing that fits your body type and everything like that. And Hogan was my hero, and um, that's kind of how I modeled my swing. And um, yes. Jo- yes. George was very similar too. So, it was, but the, the strike, the sound of that ball was just unbelievable. Now, you
0: told me, I mean, uh, sorry to get off track, but uh, you told me a story about you watching Hogan hit balls, maybe from the other side of the range. Is that true?
1: Well, that was, that was later in my career. And yeah, I was on the opposite side of the range and just, I heard that he was hitting balls. It wasn't like I walked up and introduced myself or anything like that. I never, never did get to meet him, but Later in my career, which just happened uh, about four or five years ago, well, it's about six years ago now, that um, coaching with William Jessup University, we were down in uh, um, um, San Antonio at the Byron Nelson um, TPC course, and my team was there, and... Uh, just by a chance uh, a woman walked up to me and asked me if I'd take a picture of her and her girlfriends in front of the Byron Nelson statue Uh and and I take the picture and it's cold it's raining and uh, with everything that I've gone through I get chilled real fast so I was trying to get into the clubhouse and I took the picture and I'm just kind of a cordial guy and and then the lady says, "Well, then I need—I kind of need to introduce myself. I'm Mrs. Byron Nelson." And I, oh, I says, "Well, we need to take a selfie, and we took a—you know—took a picture together and build a relationship with her." And oh. the following year, she invited the team and I over her home, little ranch, in Roanoke, Texas, and it—it uh, it was like a museum. It was unbelievable.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: So I have well, a lot of great memories with her and and the kids. You know, uh, we got to hold the Medal of uh, Honor tro- uh, uh, Medal that he got. Um, and we saw his uh, – we ate Babe's Famous Chicken. Oh, wow. Off of <laughs> gold-plated master's plates. Oh, <laughs> With with, oh, the, my with the PGA trophy in the middle of the table. It, oh my goodness! And the kids just uh, they just freaked out. And and she spent about two and a half hours with us, just sharing stories uh, and everything like that. So it's pretty cool.
0: That is really really cool. Well, wow! I'm just that's a, that's an amazing that's an amazing story. So so. Uh, so then, we, then you find yourself at Hagen Oaks teaching folks, and you taught me. And I think I met you in the um, in the in the early late eighties, early nineties.
1: And it was about I, ni- It was about nineteen ninety. Um, yeah, yeah, I was here in Arizona from eighty to ninety. I was right. uh, state junior chairman um, here for nine years, eight nine years from eighty one yeah. to ninety. And uh, wow. Billy Mayfair and um, Heather Farr uh, were the two superstar juniors. And I created a um, uh, an entry form program oh, with, really? with their picture on the cover. And it was the first time that two young kids were na- junior national champions. Not alone, not only from the same state, but from the same club. they were both playing out of Camelback Country Club at the time. And wow. B- Billy and Heather and Heather died uh, uh, after her bout with cancer out of college. Oh, and that, I'm sorry about that. that's when I started the Far and Above Junior program that I took to uh, 12 Bridges when I was there.
0: Wow, wow. Well, yeah, Billy Mayfair, he's got a storied career on the tour, and the only guy to beat Tiger <laughs> at the L.A. Open.
1: Yeah, he he he's amazing. He's been out there a long time. Not nothing really spectacular, but you know he knows how to get the ball in the hole.
0: Yeah, he does. I, I saw him at the. Um, I mean, he won the Greater Milwaukee Open back in '93, and I remember seeing him at the uh, at the Tour Championship at at the Olympic Club in '93 when I went. Mm -hmm. but yeah so that's cool so then so then we get to so uh how do we go from hagen oaks to and then you went you went to sierra college
1: well um no i'm actually from um oh forgive me forgive me hagen oaks uh i was there from 90 to about 92 and oh really uh, i didn't know you were
0: there for such a short time yeah it was
1: two years and uh it 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 was a great, you know, it's it's a factory there, and uh, all the young guys that were just in high school at the time, Mike Woods and Tommy and yeah, all all, uh, Walt Thompson and who, uh, um, oh, I'm thinking the guy he's up at, I think um, is it Cameron Park up there, um, Kevin Earl, uh, okay, and those guys, uh, you know, I was a little older. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Ken was, you know, God. And, um,
0: yeah, it, yeah.
1: it was, it, it, I tell you, if you want to go and learn and be busy, that's probably one of the busiest golf courses in the country. I couldn't believe oh, it. Wow. I, I couldn't wow. believe it. And, um, I, I, I had a pretty successful, um, two years there building clientele and um i was hired at 12 bridges 20 months before we put a peg in the ground so it oh was, goodness i was uh involved with um you know the marketing the um and dick phelps was the architect and i got to walk oh, yeah. around the golf course with him and his son and and um uh actually um there was a tree on number five and um, I wanted to keep it on the corner of the dog leg. And I, uh, back, this was when the cell phones first came out and it was about as big as a, you know, shoebox. And I got a call and I turned around to take the call. And the next thing I know is, uh, the tree was cut down. And so oh, goodness, I named that whole lost tree <laughs> oh. so, but then uh um, the new owner um at uh, Caabader now they changed the name uh, I don't know to Republic or something like that, but it was okay. fu- it was fun uh, um twenty months just getting ready for the LPGA and yeah create yeah. creating uh, um. Well, we kind of created a Scottsdale Resort uh, uh, atmosphere at 12 Bridges when we first opened. And that was my experience coming from Arizona. And there was really nothing like that except for uh, Rancho Marietta. But Rancho was pretty much private, but we were uh, upskilled daily fee. And yeah. uh, we killed it at 12 Bridges those first five, six years. It, it was amazing how busy we were
0: that was a big that was a big deal place and um i never I, I forgive me but i i didn't see the LPGA at 12 bridges i did see it at lincoln hills but I, it's got to be a complete sort of otherworldly kind of undertaking to get a tour event at your course i mean what what's that like
1: well it was you know you know i've been a strong believer and uh, uh god is Number one in my life, and um,
0: yeah,
1: it it basically was a miracle to be honest, Trent, because uh, oh. we we got involved and um, with uh, Del Wilbur and Associates, and then uh, Charles Neesham was the uh, commissioner at the time, and um, Del Wilbur said that they had um, a title sponsor lined up. Mm. Well, 90 days before the tournament, there was no 90 and there was no title sponsor. Oh wow. And luckily, the owner out of Hong Kong, Dr. Albert Young, um, I you know, I had to convince him that it was a good thing to invest the money in this tournament and to kind of come forward as the title sponsor. That was not my original intent at all. Uh, Sutter Hospital was a uh, big supporting sponsor, and uh, uh, Chuck Peterson at Folsom Lake Toyota. And, uh, right. and just a lot of people stepped forward when that tournament came to 12 Bridges, but really uh, 12 the first year was the 12 Bridges Classic, and the reason why it was 12 Bridges Classic, because Dr. Albert Young was the title sponsor. Oh, okay. But um, we had over 50,000 people come through the gate. All those people mm-hmm. never saw 12 Bridges before, because day one, April 1st of 96, was the day we opened with, like I said, an LPGA event there. And it was crazy. It was insane. and Wow. wow. It, it was tough, because... We went through four seasons of weather in the week. You know, mm. we got mm. rent, almost got washed out. Um, Monday morning, we we actually had two um, Pro-Ams set up. Um, one was with uh, the Olympic athletes, uh, Debbie Myers, and those kind of people around, and and then on Wednesday was the LPGA Pro-Am with the tour players right and uh i think natalie was 12 years old uh at that time and i was working with her and uh she got into the tournament and um natalie Golbus is that what you're talking about natalie Golbus? yes and oh goodness yeah and um it 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 was fun uh kelly robbins won the first uh tournament uh right with the five-hole playoff against uh Val Skinner, Um, oh yeah, yeah, and Val was a sweetheart, and nothing against Kelly Robbins, but the majority of people were rooting for Val, and um, they they had a five-hole playoff. They played one and eighteen, you know, back and forth, uh, and uh, Val um, had a chance and missed a short putt, and then Kelly won. But, um, the second year, Annika Stormson won the tournament and oh, that's right. put us on the map around the world. Oh, wow. It was amazing.
0: Annika. Yeah. And my
1: bosses at the time, the 20 months that I was employed at 12 Bridges before the tournament, uh, we went to two U.S. Uh, women's open up in, uh, uh, Portland and, uh, Pinehurst, uh not oh wow, uh, not Pinehurst, but the one where Peg, uh, Peggy Kirk Bell was the owner of the course there. Uh, what? Okay, the, uh, I'm drawing a blank on it, on the name of that course there. But uh, I, I was very blessed to be able to go and visit tournaments and see how they were run and everything like that. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot That's of work, a- but uh, those two, three years at 12 Bridges, I was just, uh, oh yeah, I I put a lot of time in working full and, you know, it it was, I enjoyed every minute of it, but it's, you know, uh, the, the industry's changed a bit, you know, now with labor laws and things like that, and you know, a 60, 70 hour week back then was just average and right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if I I like, I've never been sick a day in my life, but all of a sudden in 2010, you know, I go down on the coaching at Sierra College, but, uh, that's, that's another story.
0: (laughs) That was another story. And that's, um, that's the introduction to you talking about your book. Can we talk about your book a little bit? Sure. Well, I uh, I ordered the book. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. But I've been listening to a few interviews of you um, regarding the book, and you've told me a few things. Mm-hmm. And the specifics of it: you were at Bidwell Park Golf Golf Course in Chico, coaching a tournament, and you saw a kid got on a green and two on a par five. And next thing you knew, you were in a hospital. Two weeks later, is that how it goes?
1: Well, Kevin Ponath was one of my players at uh Sierra College, and uh we we were dominating everybody uh for the previous five years prior to that we won the conference uh, five years in a row, norcals back to back to back three years in a row had kevin yeah. Kevin Lucas go on to Reno University of Reno, and many others that uh went on to d one and d two schools and Uh, it was a fun run and, um, I've never been sick a day in my life. And Kevin hits the 18th hole there at, uh, Bidwell park par five. And I I remember giving him a thumbs up and then boom, I went down Mm. and, um, uh, oh man, I thought I'd never forget this kid's name, but he was from Santa Rosa, uh, And uh, uh, he, and he was playing with Matt Robinson, who's been like a son to me. And Matt's coaching over at William Jessup University. He took my place there when I retired. But right. Matt was playing with um, oh boy, I'll think of it here uh, as we talk. But uh, he he was on me within seconds doing CPR. Oh yeah, uh, and and then. Um, they air back well they got me over to menlo hospital and uh heart uh, department There, surgeon said that he didn't have the team to do what was needed and they air back me down to sutter hospital and dr kincaid oh, one of the lead head surgeons there is he and i are close buddies and he saved my life and uh, mm. less than one percent survive uh a torn aorta right and the 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 survivors that make it to the hospital about 80 percent of those die in the operating table so i don't know it was a miracle god wanted me here for uh for some reason or another i'm still trying to figure it out that that, that was march 9th of 2010 right 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 and then the second and the book is Heaven's Nice Bender twice, and the reason why I say that because uh, the first time I was in Heaven March night, uh, I saw Jesus and I saw my twin brother who passed in two thousand one, right? And uh, my brother twin brother Tom we weren't identical, but he was when I saw him in the casket uh, he was over two uh, four hundred pounds. But when I saw him in heaven, he looked like when he got out of the Navy. It was awesome. He oh, he looked cool. great. He walked towards me and then waved and turned around and walked away. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Either I'm not going to die or I'm not coming here. But lucky I didn't die. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, I mean, it's an unbelievable story. I mean, I i think I, see, you and I were sort of disconnected for a long period of time. Like, I, I don't think I saw you since 1992 or 1998 when I had you as a coach. Uh-huh. But then I started going to the uh, the Steve Burdick Bible study Thursday morning, and there you are. Okay. You know, you're there with him, and... and six o'clock thursday mornings at the at the coffee house there in rockland with steve burdick and i thought that was a great group so
1: that was our sort of
0: rekindling yeah
1: yeah steve is a very special friend of mine and to be honest uh when i came home from the hospital the second incident which was uh june 16th which was that was the serious uh uh situation i go in for a a normal checkup and my doctor noticed some arrhythmia admitted me that day that night i had two heart attacks and was gone for 18 minutes Mm. and it was amazing Trent. you're gonna have to read the book to hear the stories and things like that i just the music was unbelievable and uh i by the grace of god I'm here cuz during that 18 minutes my whole body shut down. I had liver failure, kidney failure, pneumonia, uh, gangrene set in. I ended up losing my upper joint on my left toe. Um, so uh, it's I'm I'm a little handicapped now so you got to give me more stroke strength. So <laughs> Yeah, all right. No problem. No but, problem. But I get home from the hospital after a month and a half and uh i'm i'm barely walking it 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 was it was rough i lost right. about 30 pounds and there was no muscles anywhere and mm-hmm. uh really my exercise was doing you know heel raises you know standing against a counter just trying to get stronger right. but steve uh came to my house and i coached steve one year uh his senior year, he kind of got the ips with the driver and his dad asked me if I could take a look at him and see if we can straighten him out. But it was all in his head. He was a great player and right. still a good player. And, uh, but yeah. I think, uh, God, um, uh, just took a little bit of his game away to, to do what he does today. And that's sharing the gospel with a bunch of college golf and golfers. And, uh, uh, a man in his uh, Bible study where we met, and
0: uh, yeah, yeah,
1: he came to my house, and he gave me the book Gulf Sacred Journey, and that, uh, David Cook is the author of that, and I've gotten to meet him and talk to him about, you know, writing a book and things like that, and he just was a, a mentor to me, and uh, another good friend that Kind of was a mutual friend between the three, the three of us was uh, uh, Jim Hardy, mm. and and Jim Hardy wrote a little uh, testimony for David's book. But uh, Jim, I met Jim in the early mid '80s, and we we hit it off pretty well. But uh, David Cook's book, uh, Golf Sacred Journey, and the Johnny. In the book, Mm. I I think I really kind of came back to be a Johnny.
0: Right, right.
1: And um, I, um, uh, from being laid up for a couple years uh, with that, I ended up, uh, Craig Andy, who was a member out of Kata, uh, a very good friend and a student, Uh, he helped start the team at William Jessup University. And I applied for the job when it first opened up, but it wasn't in God's plan. And I guess it was about three years later, maybe four, uh, that I got hired on. And um, it was a tough first year. I I wasn't in any condition really to do. I mean, he drove to, luckily, uh, I got hired late. In August and school started like the end of August and oh yeah and uh I there was no schedule made out I'm going oh boy you know so l- luckily uh Donnie Powers down here at the wigwam at the time um we got into one tournament in the fall okay and then the spring I think I had three events on the calendar for that uh f- first spring and then after that, I started getting stronger and settled in and started putting the schedule together and just uh, built the program to where it was. Uh, we were academic All-America team for the last four years that I was there. and Wow. Um, and the uh, last two years, uh, we started winning tournaments. And then the last year... Um, Um, that I was there uh, was the year that we went to Nationals and uh, Johnny Johnny Greco finished, uh, I think he finished seventh, no fifth. Uh, uh, He was in the top ten and then we finished seventh at Nationals that year and I think we won four or five tournaments that year. So all all the statistics kind of run together but um, what I can say about uh, and it, it's in the book, and it's it. I was gonna have the book done probably. Well, now it's uh five. So the book was supposed to be done probably about seven eight years ago. Oh, okay, but um, a- after um, I, I got better and was healed, and um, my wife. Uh, at the time, Diana she saved my life. Uh, it's in the book, and um, things just weren't working anymore. And she filed for divorce, and uh, mm-hmm. that was five years ago. And um, it's it's it 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 was tough, but um, yeah, yeah. The, the year that was probably the worst year of my life personally um, was my best year professionally with the guys, they ran ratt- the whole William Jessup university school rallied around me. Um, they offered me a place to stay in the dorm and, uh, just, just like I said, everybody just, um, uh, helped me get through that. It was a tough time in my life. And uh, yeah, I, I
0: remember, uh, John, Dr. John Jackson was involved in that too
1: yes he was uh, he he was a big uh, mentor of mine and um uh, we prayed together and um it it, it uh, William Jess was a great blessing to to get me through that low point of my personal life but um like I said, the guys rallied around me and um they excelled they played out of their butts uh you know and we <laughs> Here's this little school from Rockland, California, competing with all the big dogs and, at nationals. and It was great. It was a lot of fun. So when you say
0: nationals, forgive me, um, is that like a Division One kind of, uh, well, kind of tournament?
1: Well, uh, um, good question. Um, uh, William Jessup University is a member of the NAIA. Okay. And, and I would compare the NAIA – division to about d2 you know oh, okay, okay. It, it isn't it isn't quite d1 but johnny greco that uh that year that we won nationals i think he won five tournaments so johnny's he's playing he's making money he won the monterey open a couple years ago and he's still um he, he played canadian tour last year this COVID. Okay. The COVID situation's kind of screwed things up, but he he he's a competitor. He's still playing, and uh, he um, I believe he'll be out there in time.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So um so what other uh, I mean when you, so nationals I, I'm still so you said Division two. What other schools were were attending that tournament that you guys beat?
1: Well, Oklahoma City is, you know, like I don't know, the Stanford of uh, NAIA golf. they oh, really? They've they've been there, and um, it's there. A lot of Texas schools. Uh, uh, oh boy, uh, yeah, Brent, Trent, uh My memory and my mind just kind of all these, but it it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's awesome compete with those guys and um, I got to meet a lot of the golf coaches uh, because I kind of got involved the last two years that's Jessup so I right I was the top 25 in the country and uh, it's just it sucks getting old that's all (laughs) that's
0: all right that's all right (laughs) so what are you doing now I mean you're retired so how's that going are you
1: doing some teaching at the wigwam I, I live about a mile from the wigwam. Um, uh, the teaching professional over there lets me, uh, warn he lets me go hit balls a little bit. But really, I've been volunteering. Uh, the last five years, I volunteered with the Patriot All-America Tournament, which is coming up. Uh, uh, practice rounds start uh, Sunday. This Sunday. Oh, my goodness. And... Uh, uh, Cameron Champ won it a couple years ago. Uh, quite a few tour players have won the tournament and it's it is the Rose Bowl of college golf.
0: Oh my gosh. That's
1: uh, Trent, this is unbelievable and it's a great uh, purpose. Uh, they uh, Ping is a big sponsor of it and right. every kid gets a Ping golf bag with a soldier's name on it, with a little uh, six by eight uh, placard of the uh, serviceman's story that, that was killed in action.
0: Oh, my goodness. And
1: so you're not only playing for yourself to win the tournament, you're playing for the guy that gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country Oh my gosh! With his name and story on the bag, and uh, it's very moving. The the opening ceremonies we have a flyover, they the parachute, uh, everything. It's like like I said, a rose Bowl. And, oh my gosh! And these kids um, hear about, uh, the, you know, read the placard about the player, uh, the soldier that they're playing for. Hmm. and they go over here to luke air force base and they get to sit in a simulator and hear stories and things like that so it, luke is about half a mile mile and a half from here so okay. it's pretty okay. it's pretty neat um but then they start the tournament um it's a 54 hole tournament uh right Right. On a metal play. And like I said, it starts on Mon- Monday, the 28th.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. So that's right. That's tomorrow it starts. Jeez.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. To, well, hey. uh, later today, three o'clock, I got to check in and get my uh, um, merchandise for volunteering. So, all right. I'll be well, doing hey. some scoring and things like that.
0: Well, I am completely and utterly thankful and grateful that you s- spent some time with me to help me help me get your story out and you've done it before with other folks, but you got your book that's out there and I can't wait to read it and I can't wait to learn more about your story and I'm just thankful that you're uh, that you're out there and you're still you're still kicking it, you're still teeing it up, you're mm-hmm. still teaching. And I'm, I'm thank you for being in my life. And thank you for being my coach. Well,
1: Trent, it's, uh, you know, you're the golf knackerist. this, or what, what's your, what's your, uh, line there? What are you? The,
0: oh, the knackered golfist. Yeah. The this knackered, is,
1: knackered golfist. The yeah. Knackered golfist. Yeah. yeah. That's what uh, I do. Yeah. And, um, this guy eats, breeds golf and, um, loves the game, loves equipment. And, uh, I've been blessed to. Have him as a friend, and um, I appreciate the time. And uh, Heaven's Nice Bender twice, uh, you can get it on Amazon. And uh, it's, I've been very blessed. Uh, you know, uh, we got over 30 um, five star ratings, and uh, it's coming along. It's been out yeah. for a couple months now. Well,
0: amen. Thank y'all. Thank God for you, Tim Havancik, and thank you for all that you've done and all that you do. And I just wanted to thank you again. So, thanks for coming on, and have a great tournament. Have a great New Year, and uh, we'll see ya, We'll see you soon. All right.
1: Thanks a lot, Trent. You have a good day.
0: You too. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And cut. Four, please. The naked golfist now driving.